1: Welcome to Straight Talk, with a show about living your very best life. And, you know, I'm always looking for topics on how do you live your best life. And, you know, one of the things that I think is most important and the bottom line is to own your stuff. But we all say that. What does it mean? Own your stuff. Take responsibility for your life. Don't be a victim. We hear this all the time. So I don't want to just say... Own your stuff. I wanted to do a show where I can teach you how to own your stuff and what are the things you can do in your brain to change, you know, the things that feel like, well, it's just my personality, so on and so forth. And how do you get away from disempowerment and move into really empowerment and really change your life? And today might be the day you do change your life. So I had to invite someone really brilliant and someone who has literally changed her life. I've watched her do it. She is a top, 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 top psychologist, happens to work at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression, lucky me. A dear friend and a woman who has definitely applied own your stuff to her own life in many aspects. If we're lucky, she'll share with us a little bit um how that applied in her own life, but I definitely want to pick her brain about how people can start today to change your life. So first of all, welcome back to Straight Talk, Anna Maria Tosco. Hey, Sandra, super happy to be here again, oh, always fun. and I forgot to say that you are the Sassy Psychologist. Yes, yes. And f- for those of you who don't know what that is, what is that?
2: www.sassypsychologist.com. It's a blog that I started because I felt with everything that I've learned, Sandra, with everything that I've learned from you as mm-hmm. well, P.S., Um, I needed to start something, I needed to just talk about stuff, I needed to be no holes barred, cut the crap kind of psychological advice, Mm -hmm. so I wanted to do it in an online format where I can reach a lot of people, have some fun with the peoples. And so I did. Okay,
1: awesome. So I asked you to come on the show. We talked about the topic, and we arrived at the idea. This was quite a few months ago, so it may not even be fresh in your mind, nor is it in mine. But I know we came up with the idea that we wanted to talk about owning it and changing your life and not being in the victim mentality. So when I throw that topic out to you, yeah. and if I hand hand the microphone over to you, what is it that you want people to know about owning Owning it, owning their lives. What what does that mean? Yeah, one of the
2: biggest things I think about when it's about owning your own stuff is <clears throat> I always think about something I like to call the common denominator principle. Oh, you know where it's like um you if essentially if you're living a reality in which the same stuff, same crap, the same it just happens to you over and over and over again. Same crappy job, same crappy relationships, you know, same you know <clears throat> crappy situation. Let's say you have to think about. How you might be responsible, and not to say that you are—you know—everything is your fault. No, 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 no. Please don't, don't, don't make that mistake. What I mean by that is, if you're experiencing the same stuff over and over and over again, you have to consider <clears throat> the part you might play with the way you're thinking, the way you're behaving, perhaps, the way you're reacting to things, perhaps. I like to call the common denominator principle. We might be that. <clears throat> common denominator in in all of these situations if you're always having uh, like unsuccessful relationships yeah not everything is your fault right of course you have to consider
1: right so i love that i'm gonna gonna expand on it because i do because like if you wake up some days this happens i'm not proud (laughs) um but you wake up and like everybody seems to be incompetent around you let's say (laughs) let's take that example and that could happen to me and i start Mm. feeling like short fused i getting annoyed, but the common denominator using your example is me. And so then instead of thinking I've got like incompetent people around me, I got to look at if I'm starting to live by unrelenting standards and I may or may not have been raised that way. So I might be starting to apply them in my own life and then transferring them onto everybody else. Mm-hmm. If the common denominator is me, yes, there might be incompetency around me, but there might be also a part of me mm-hmm. that's, I know when I'm snippy, it's because I'm pushing myself too hard. So if I'm really getting snippy with someone, so that ability to see my part in it is not people might think, well, that, you know, she's a therapist, of course, she's going to think like that. It's not so much involvement, it's a strategy. It actually gives me the option to change my reality, because otherwise, I'm a victim of incompetent people. Right. But if I can look at my parts, I yeah. can go. Okay, maybe I need to like chill a little bit. I
2: love that you said that because it's like thank you. It's like the being a reactionary. Like if you're yeah. like all, constantly reacting to your environment around you all the time, so in other words, you're in <clears throat> relentless reaction mode. Like you 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 react, in, you see a reality, you react in this way. And if your tendency is to react in a stressful way or whatever, you really do have to call yourself out on that. You
1: know, you have yeah. to be
2: mindful of your own reactions.
1: So you have to be honest. Yes. So maybe yeah. maybe we could put on the table that the first thing about owning your life, I think this is a big one, is to be honest about your role in it because you've brought up the role. Yes. I've added in the honesty part. That so you got to look at that you always have a role. Yes. You said it's you're not fully to blame. I'm not fully to blame if there's a situation, if a whole bunch of things happen. I'm, I'm not going to take that all on me. But I have a part. I have a part. But to admit that, I have to be truthful about my part that's not that easy for people why are we so afraid to admit the truth why is it so bad to find out that maybe my standards are very high it's not such bad news why are we afraid of that anna maria tosco psychologist extraordinaire (laughs) why are people so afraid of the truth what will it mean if we find out we have
2: a flaw it's it's really funny you say that because like in psychology everybody has heard about the idea of defense mechanisms Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and so we can listen we can kind of be a little bit, you know, by the book, and a little perhaps it'll be a snore to go through all of the defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. But what we need to know is that they exist mm-hmm. and they exist, you know, from a psychological perspective to protect our ego. So when we are threatened in any way, shape, or form, what happens is we might have a certain reaction or have a certain defense where we push away all that bad stuff because, oh, God forbid, if I have, if I have, you know, very stressful reactions or if I'm too snippy or if I'm. You know, you have to find a way to acknowledge your defense mechanisms. Okay. There's a whole list of them. Everybody has them, and they're so healthy, and they're fine. Can you give us an example? Of course. Please. Listen, one of the healthiest defense mechanisms to have is humor. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that, that's a really healthy I love adult that defense yeah. mechanism. It's amazing, yeah. you know, and that's a great defense mechanism to have. But, of course, then you have the more immature defense mechanisms like denial.
1: Oh, yes. And why is denial like <clears throat> like a problem, maybe?
2: Well, that's it. So, I mean, it's, if something happens in your life and you, you know, don't want to come to terms with it, uh, you can't really, you know, you, you, you really don't want to face the truth, of course, it's, it's not abnormal, it's very normal, but it's it, to your advantage to acknowledge that there is
1: denial going on,
2: to, to acknowledge that there is a defense mechanism.
1: Right. Working at play. No? Okay. But, okay, so these defense mechanisms, they're designed to protect us. Yes. But I think what you're saying is they don't really protect us. Or I think maybe I'm saying that.
2: Yeah, no, I don't know that I I think that they do. I think actually one of of my previous uh, supervisors once told me that if defense mechanism is intact, keep it intact, it's okay. That means you're not ready to open the door. But of course, when we're expanding and we're growing and you know, when I'm talking to my clients, I would love for them to be at the stage where they're willing to look at their defenses. I think it's super healthy to have them. And if they're intact, they're intact for a reason. Maybe I'm not ready to deal with the death of my Of my parents maybe I'm not ready to deal with that breakup
1: that's okay okay but hold on let's go back to our example because if I have the defense mechanism of denial and by the way if you want to join the conversation because we get such nice feedback on straight talk and thank you all so much for like your comments and your questions I know very rarely do people call in, but we do get a lot of emails and we really appreciate it. So keep them coming. So if you do want to join the conversation, first of all, let me say the phone number is one 472 5792 That's 1-866-472-5792. If you prefer to not call in, you want to email us info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Info at helpforanxietydepression.com. So um, yeah. So if I have a defense mechanism of denial I'm struggling a little bit with the fact that, yes, it's good to have a defense mechanism, but we have put on the table that Mm -hmm. truth is going to set me free. Mm -hmm. Denial and truth are not a good marriage. Mm -hmm. So what what do I do?
2: If you're not ready for truth, my mind, what I'm presenting. Oh, your psyche
1: can't handle it is what you're saying. If if it's
2: too fragile at the moment, denial away.
1: Denial away. But I can't change my life.
2: No, definitely not. You have to be ready. You have to be ready to be at that step to change it. You have to be ready to not be in denial. Be ready to face your defense mechanisms. That's what I think. Anyway.
1: Well, no, I really, I really like what you're saying, and it really shows me again what a great psychologist you are, because I think that you're showing something about therapy, which is that you hold the space of where the person is at that time. So I was a little bit struggling when you were saying, you know, defend. Defense mechanisms are good because I, you know, when we're adults, they can be sometimes very bad for us. But I get what you're saying now, which is that the defense mechanism, if that's where you're at and that's what your brain can handle or your psyche can handle, you're the kind of psychologist, and that's so important, that you can work with the person that that's where they are at that time. And, you know, let's see if we can get them to a stronger place where they can get to the truth. So we've ended up on a little bit of a tangent, but it's an important tangent, which is because I always tell people you've got to tell yourself the truth, but you've brought to the show another aspect which is if you can handle the truth okay that's what you just brought because it's true if you can't handle the truth about yourself if i find out i have high standards but that will destroy me and put me into a psychotic episode right.
2: It's not helpful. I love that you're saying this because, right, creating your own, creating your own reality, or facing your stuff—you uh, know—is is the topic today. But yes, I guess what I always like to say, when you're ready to make those big changes, of course, you have to be psychologically well, you know, you have to be, you know, your well-being has to be quite high. You know, I think that you have to be well in order to do the really hard work. So when you really want to create your reality, I think you have to be at a place in your mind and in your mindset where you're ready to make those big changes, you know, cause they're
1: hard, right? Right, they are really hard. And you know, if we're assuming that for people listening, that some people are ready to make those changes, how would you advise them to start?
2: All right, so where do you start? Um, I always <clears throat> say that patterns don't lie. And actually, it's, I like. it's funny. I think my, 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 uh, my partner and I, we always talk about this. He's so lucky to
1: have a therapist girlfriend, eh?
2: Um, <laughs> we talk about so lucky. Have,
1: it depends how you look at it. Lucky or not? Exactly. Yeah. A
2: little bit of sarcasm there for oh, sure. Oh, were you being sarcastic? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh,
2: Sometimes it's like But he is very
1: lucky. You know, yeah. We have yeah. a good
2: relationship there yeah. because he calls me out on my patterns too. Now that we've had we had a conversation about patterns and how important they are, you know, we're talking about each other's patterns because patterns are so important and they don't lie. So I encourage people to talk to their loved ones, to look within first of all and try to figure out what your patterns are. If you're not sure, call up your mom, call up your, you know, your husband, call up your cousin, whatever. Talk about your patterns. I know, it's, <laughs> you know some people it's a nightmare conversation. Hey, you know, uh, what do you think? Do I do this often? Is this
1: one of my patterns? I know it's hard for some people, but gosh, I love have that. Have you makeup. ever done that? Yes. Oh, and Maria Sosco, that's very courageous. Oh, yes. yes. So that's psychological courage.
2: I love that. Yes. You've
1: asked people to point out your patterns. My
2: my fiancé and I talk about
1: it all the time. Okay, what have you asked?
2: Okay, Oh, to <laughs> just put the microphone closer to me because yes, I is this is juicy do. stuff. I got to think, though, wait, I don't know, the patterns that I have. Um, okay, here's a good one. So it's somewhat of a superficial one, so it's not so juicy, but I'll I promise you if I have a juicy one, I'll tell you. But my, my 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 analness with time, right? Okay. I always have to be on time. Yeah, so. I knew you'd be
1: on time for the show. Right. You were asking where you yeah. are I was like, I'm not even slightly worried. As a matter of fact, I started telling them we better get ready because she's gonna be early. <laughs> Okay, I know. I,
2: I listen. I know where that comes from too. Okay. Comes from sure my dad, et cetera. But my fiance and I talk about it all the time because I can get a little bit neurotic with time. So when times a ticking and people are, let's say, I'm having a dinner party or something, or a dinner, a Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, because I just had one. It's like, I start to get really stressed and really nervous when time is coming. And that doesn't make for a very comfortable, you know, interaction (laughs) with me. Sorry. You know, my fiance is like, oh gosh, here she goes. So we bring it up like, oh, I've noticed that you do this often. So that gives me permission to be like, okay, what is,
1: what happens when people come over? Second step is curiosity. I want to point that out. Second step is curiosity. So you asked about your patterns and now you asked yourself, what is this all about? So go ahead.
2: So yeah. So I I get stressed. I think, okay, so I'm, I'm worried that people are going to judge me. I'm worried that people are going to judge my house and the cleanliness and all of that stuff. So I then I then have to reach within and be like, okay, if your house was a mess, does it matter? Will people still love you? Will people still come over? You know? And so it's really kind of therapizing myself, but that's what you have to do. You have to know your patterns. And so what about you, Sandra Rich? Yeah. Well, okay. I'd love to hear some of your dysfunctional patterns. Well, we already, all
1: have them. I already told you one of them, like when I feel like everyone's incompetent, it's because I ride my car very hard. So I demand a lot of myself. And so when I start seeing that I'm getting snippy with other people, it's because I'm pushing myself too hard. So it's just coming out on other people. So I know because when people make mistakes around me and I'm cool with it, there's been a few maybe even today. Okay, if I'm cool with it, it means I'm not driving my car so hard. So the curiosity is why am I so frustrated when people are, are, you know, maybe not incompetent, but lazy or don't take responsibility usually means I'm not giving myself a break. And that's because I was raised that way. But that's not a healthy way of being. And as a matter of fact, we're going to take a break in a moment, but this is something for people to think about on the break, because there's many people with this particular issue and yours too, because they're both rooted in perfectionism. And I just want to put it out there, I want to throw in some science, because I love science, is that perfectionism and high standards with the time or with people remembering to do things they're supposed to do, mine and your issue, is not linked with success. So it's there's a little bit of a game going on and the research shows I'm gonna take us right to the break and have people really take your time on the break and take this in. The research shows that lowering your standards about your dinner party or about getting things done actually will make you more successful psychologically, financially, in every which way. What do you think? Juicy. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're I'm not even gonna let you go further than juicy because we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back with straight talk with Sandra. Rich. Your life,
3: your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spa, M-U-N-A-R-I.com.
0: Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reisch, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing, regain that loving feeling, bring your intimacy to a new level, and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com.
4: Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary Anxiety Videos Therapy Series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reisch.
1: So we're back with... Um one of you know such a great guest and someone i love so dearly and she was just saying she loves the energy and i love talking with her because she's so brilliant and it's just something magical happens uh before we get back into it though i do want to take time to thank our sponsor spominaria and talk about owning your stuff i always like to tie it into the topic but you know owning your stuff helps it's a lot easier to own your stuff if you take some time for yourself and spominari who's here in montreal uh, if you call them at 514-695-5040 and you mention Straight Talk with Sandra Rich, you'll get 15% off on any of their treatments. Now again, this leads me back to type A personalities and perfectionists is that you know going to a spa requires taking time for yourself and taking time for yourself is not something that type A's and perfectionists do. They drive their cars very hard. So with your dinner party and when you feel like things have to be on time. You are driving yourself hard, and if I feel that things have to go, I have to get a certain amount of things done every day, I'm driving myself mm-hmm. hard. I might need to call monary. maybe yeah. you too, yeah. and we need to get over there. It's funny that you say it because,
2: you know, I'm thinking about if you're the type of person, talk about patterns, who I never have time to go to the spa, who has time to go to the spa, whatever, I have to do this, I have errands, I have kids, I have whatever, I have yeah. homework help, I have a, a course that yeah. I'm taking. Yeah, if That could be your pattern. So, could. call, like call the spa, call, get your call hair now. done, do whatever.
1: 695-5040. <laughs> but you know what? It's so interesting that you said that because that person who says, I don't have time. I have kids. Okay. Okay. We have, I want to really play this out because it, it sounds a little bit like this. Like must be nice for you that you get to go to the spa. This is the subtext. I in brackets, I'm very important. And I don't have time for that because in brackets, I'm very important. Um, In brackets, I'm very important. I have two kids. I have four companies. I have this, I have that. must be nice for you. In other words, I'm a self-sacrificer you however are self-indulgent and selfish so we should talk about that dance because people ask me a lot at the talks that I do what are you supposed to say to somebody when they say it must be nice that you get to go on all these vacations and I say uh-huh. you say yes it's lovely uh-huh. that's what your answer needs to be you are I can tell you're frothing at the moment.
2: I, lo- <laughs> I love it no it's true I mean it's so funny because I'm having an issue now with uh some friends and family members about self-sacrifice, and you—that's you, a pattern that I hope people really acknowledge. Because, listen, I come from um, uh, Catholicism, my background as Italian, and I have, a, especially the women, a lot of patterns of self-sacrifice. Yeah. I'm the martyr. I have to do everything for my kids. I have to. All the time. And it's it's so hard when it's been ingrained for years and years and years yes. and years. Right. And I got to tell you, it's heartbreaking because I don't think a lot of my family members have the... Um uh, uh, the desire, or, or already, you know, like we we're talking about before, whether or not you're ready. Uh, but that pattern
1: has to be killed. Well, okay, so you know? you, we just hit on the martyr. So mm-hmm. since we hit on that, I didn't know we were going to get there, but mm-hmm. since we're there, is that the martyr personality? And again, it, it is very much streams down from cultures, religion, lots of factors, yeah. women, right, all sorts of stuff. Um, the martyr has to be a self-sacrificer, and the self has to do ultimate sacrifice self-sacrifice for a cause so what's the cause you have to establish what's the cause you're self-sacrificing for if it's parenting that's a good one that people like mm-hmm. to do but it self-sacrifice to that extent is and i do want to say this to therapists in the house is the ultimate act of self-hatred agreed love that i repeat good ultimate act of self-hatred One so if you're a mother who says i'm sacrificing and i know some of you are listening because i know you i'm a mother so i'm going to self-sacrifice for my kids and i'm not saying you can never sacrifice for your kids but ultimate self-sacrifice that, and i see lots of mothers that are miserable yep. i even see young women who don't want to have kids because they see mothers that are miserable which right. makes me sad because having kids is great if you're not a self-sacrificer exactly and if you are telling yourself that your self-sacrifice is benefiting your kids, I have to bust that in you. You are lying to yourself. Please bust. Because the number one thing a kid wants to see is what, Anna Maria Tesco. Oh, are you going along with the number one thing the kids
2: wants to see is is mom, dad taking care of themselves, mom, and dad happy. staying
1: healthy and, and happy. happy, happy parents. <clears throat> I mean, think about it. Okay, mm-hmm. people show up in your office. They show up in my office. I think I, we have different offices, maybe it's not the same answer, but I always hear from clients they just wanted to see their parents happy. Yeah. So yes, your kids don't like, my kids don't like when I go away, so yes, they pull me into self-sacrifice, like don't go away, you're ditching me, you're ditching me. I, I'm glad this is coming up for the mothers listening. Yeah. So there's a part of me that goes, okay, I should cancel the trip and be at home with my child. But the truth is if I started to do that at the beginning of the end. Of me living true to what's important to me. I'm not saying you can't make adjustments. And then I'm at home, but I'm miserable because mm-hmm. my favorite line is: Have you ever met a happy martyr? Have you ever met a happy martyr? No, absolutely
2: not. I no have way. I've never met a happy no, martyr. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. Okay, no. so self-sacrifice, no. No. Curious about patterns? Yes. Yes. Perfectionism, no. Mm-hmm. Type A versus Type B personalities. What have you got to say about that?
2: Oh, I think so. I think it's important to know. Uh, again, you tell me for going off track here, but I'm like, no, oh, Type all. A, Type B. That's delicious stuff right there, too. Yeah. But
1: so <laughs> everything you talk about sounds like really like food. <laughs> yeah. You must I'm a, really, I'm you a, enjoy a foodie. Food. Oh, I was I very upset with her today because do. you shut up with no food. Now just kidding. <laughs> carry on.
2: Um, okay. So Type A personality in terms of knowing your patterns, please, yeah, acknowledge them. Um, but now. So there's type A and there's type B. Uh, are, I you acknowledging- a,
1: are you a type A or a type B? I'm
2: a holy type A. Holy to, me holy too. type so A. So two type
1: A's. Yeah, exactly. So let, let, me defend, let me defend us first. Okay, we I- are the, type A's are the movers and shakers of the world. Yes. Worlds,
2: yes. But there's a big bug
1: Yes. Go ahead.
2: So of course, it, it, we're the movers and shakers, but it breeds anxiety, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So a ton of anxiety where the kind of get this done are you writing to-do lists are you like wanting to check everything off are you running seventy-five thousand errands because it's efficient you're type a okay yes so now of course the type a's they have to be aware of their patterns and they have to be aware when they're running themselves into the ground i want to move to type b because i'm so excited about it but stay on type a if you want is there anything else you want to say about
1: the, oh no, the, the I want you move to be I thought you were saying you want to change into a type B personality because oh, that's so well, about I'm to explain, you. Know, yeah. I don't <laughs> know that a type A really can become a type B yeah. and I want people to know if because I have a lot of type A mothers who try to make their type B children into type A's. No, You can't do that. No. No. You can't do that. People are who they are.
2: And so with regard to type B again, I'm going to move away from the psychological definitions. I'm going to move towards more of the kind of the yeah, common please. definitions. So essentially, you know those people who are are, are not Needing to accomplish everything on their to-do lists, they're not immediately calling you back. They're not immediately emailing you back. Now you have a type A and a type B together. Oh, they drive each other
1: nuts. nuts. And by the way, type A's and B's fall in love. If I'm oh, no doubt, yeah, no doubt. I'm in love with a type B. Are you? Is it? So am I. Yeah. Yes, of course. Oh, we have to talk. About yes, that. of course. <laughs> this is great.
2: But now, okay. So listen. The type A's, and we think we've spoken about it so far, like what we have to do to kind of crush our patterns. Now the type B's, type B's are chill, type B's are laid back, right? So now while the type A's have things to work on, the type B's kind of have to meet us halfway, and that's how they work on their stuff, right? right. They work on their patterns, because sometimes you're not
1: emailing back, but maybe you should a little bit sooner. Yeah, think? no, I completely agree. And I'm glad you're saying that because we're certainly not going to say the type A's are completely at fault here. I think that there's a dance going on between type A's and type B's when they dance. That's where we're on right now. So one person is like, I just sent the email 15 minutes has passed. Why haven't you responded? So that's an anxious response. But I do want to submit to you. I'm to, I think you're going to like this is type B's in a way, if they're really not responding for a long time, that is also an anxious response. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Because what the heck is going on? Right. You okay, know what? that's I, avoidance. Yeah. Avoidancy uh, is anxious. Go on.
2: They, the type Bs, almost feel like it's better
1: to not respond sooner. Right. Which is so foreign to right. me. Right, right. Okay. Me too. Oh, like, wow, we should really fall in love and yeah. get married. Right. We'd be so good together. Yeah, um, yeah it's very foreign to me. Yeah. But they're reducing their anxiety by not responding. And they also say things like this. I've interviewed them a lot um. and half for my practice and half because I secretly would like to understand. Right. that they actually <laughs> are not responding because they don't have um, – They don't want to say things like, I'm working on it. They only It only counts if they've done the deed. So did you speak to Anna Maria Tosco? I'll write to someone, did you speak to Anna Maria Tosco? A type A will write back and say, no, not yet. A type B will not respond. Until they have spoken spoken to Anna Maria Tosco. Yeah. Because it's a failure. Yeah, it's a failure scheme. It took me a long time to understand this.
2: But I love it because now we're kind of, if you're a type B and you're listening, and you kind of want to know what your patterns are, what your maybe some of your dysfunctional patterns are, we might be, you know, there could be
1: some failure scheme on there. Failure scheme. Okay, so that's one of the, now that we ended up on a whole other round, which is really good, is that actually you know, the topic is own your stuff, but this is where you've brought in, and thank you so much for this, Anna Maria, you've brought in relationships. And relationships help you to own your stuff. Which, you see, if you want to find out your dysfunction, get into a relationship. And this is a perfect example. because you It's so one of fu- Sandra Rich's famous lines, P.S. Okay. <laughs> uh, and and it, it still stands the test of time because you're, we're fine when we're not in a relationship. I think I'm delightful. Right. Okay, then you get into a relationship and you find out, like, you're not so delightful. And apparently your style is annoying or your partner's style is annoying, but actually this is where you turn your lemons into lemonade. And I think you're alluding to this and thank you so much for that, is that the type A, need, and you brought this up, the type A needs to learn from the type B and the type B needs to learn from the type A. So that's owning your, it's owning your hidden parts of yourself It's owning a piece of yourself that's missing. Is wouldn't it be nice to not always have to respond to an email? Wouldn't it be nice to not always have your house clean? Of course, of course. Wouldn't it be nice to not always have unrelenting standards? Yeah, yeah. So we're secretly envious of the people we're annoyed with. Is (laughs) I submit to you. I have, I'm
2: thinking about something like my fiance, my partner taught me. Tell us. One of my favorite things, and I tell him this, and I wrote about one of this in one of the blog entries for sure, but he. He from right at the beginning, and he didn't even he didn't even teach me with words. He taught me with his actions, and it had to do with text messages. And you know, as as a type A, I like to get things out. I like to say what I need to say, and I like to, and and when it comes to things like text messaging, he almost taught me, of course, respond. But you know. Don't use multi-layered text messages, you know, like, you know, it's very simple text messages and then you see each other face to face and you communicate better. I hope I'm not getting off track. And this is related no, no, no. to type A, type B a little bit. Cause he's so type B he's chill. He's relaxed. He knows that when it comes to text messages, you write something, you know, surface stuff when it comes to text messages. Then if you have to talk more, you talk in person. But for me, it was like right now rah, rah, text message. And it's so important to take the time to say what you need to say and to be relaxed, like don't react right away and get all uppity and get all, you know, emotional about it right away, you know, sit back, take a little bit of time type A's. Type yeah. A's need to take a little bit of time oh, yes. before reacting. You're well, not. Don't send that 3 a.m. email. No, don't All do it. Right? <laughs> don't
1: do it. Yeah. But I think reactionary is very much on topic with what we're talking about, because we're talking about owning your stuff and owning your life. And I think that to be reactive, you cannot own it. You're, you're really having an emotional response, which we love emotions, but I love the idea of a strategy to take a few minutes, think about what you're writing before you text back, or think about even your response to someone. Again, so far on the table, we have, you know, being curious, looking at your patterns, what part belongs to me? Now, what if somebody starts to do this, they does do the work, and they start to empower themselves, they look at their patterns, and they're starting to get into a, a, a better position in their life. Have you noticed that sometimes society or their the people around them can sometimes sabotage them and disempower them?
2: Yeah. Uh, I like to always say to my clients, when you start... Start to make changes. You're going to piss everybody else off. Okay. You're going to ruffle feathers around you because they almost preferred you, you know, in in the way you were before. I mean, what's that all about? It's crazy, eh? Yeah. So, can you help us understand what's that all about? So, essentially, when you start um, to change your patterns, um, when you start to let's say establish boundaries, Mm. you establish boundaries, Mm. and then the people around you all of a sudden said, "Hey, like." why isn't she responding to me like she usually does? She's all, she's right there. She's always right there for me when I need her. And today, all of a sudden she's taking a nap. You know, essentially when you start to acknowledge your patterns and if you're really starting to, to, to take care of yourself, you ruffle people's feathers, and it's not easy. That's one of the things I think that's really important. I tell my clients when you start to change and when you start to create your own and to own your stuff and you start to respect yourself, you are going to ruffle people's feathers because the people around you are used to you not respecting yourself, so to speak.
1: Mm. You know? Does that answer your question? What do you think? It really does, and I I think that yeah, people want to put you back to you know status quo, and I also think that empowerment is moving out of the misery loves company circle and Uh, I don't think people are cruel I don't think that they're really doing it uh, because in theory why wouldn't people want you to reach for the stars I don't think people are inherently cruel I think it just makes them very nervous that they're not reaching for their stars so I think that you know a lot of the straight talk is about empowering people and I think for our listeners it's important that as you're going on this journey I think what Anna Maria is saying is so important that people are not necessarily going to like it You said it will piss them off. Mm. And I think it also makes them very afraid that they're not reaching for their stars. And I think that needs to be out there so that you can comfort yourself, that this is okay. And people will adjust. It's homeostasis. It's Mm -hmm. like your body always returns back to Mm -hmm. homeostasis. Mm -hmm. I think people will adjust. Right. Because the fear is that people will abandon you. Yeah. And I don't think for the most part they do. Yeah. I agree. I agree.
2: You know, you're making me think of something, Sandra, um, how do you feel about this? So, just an example. I, I remember years back learning how to play the guitar. And it was something new. and It was something exciting for me. And I, I played the guitar for a couple of my friends. And they just were like, meh, you know, whatever. Not to say that I was looking for compliments, but I was kind of like, wow, I was insulted. Yeah. But I'm using this as a metaphor and an analogy because I realized that, hey, if I'm going to play the guitar, I'm, I'm, I'm going to know my audience so it, when I'm trying to expand and I know that so-and-so is not going to support me in that, I'm not going to go there with you. Right. I'm going to go there with other people. Yeah. But I know that if this person is not supporting me in my growth yeah. um, and my development, I may or may not leave them. I don't know. It depends no, on the situation. But know thy audience. You know thy audience. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a, a super important thing yeah. when you're doing this work, so you don't feel alone and you don't feel
1: abandoned. Yeah, but and I think that's a great story, though, and about the fact that people also to be happy for you, they have to be happy with themselves. So knowing thy audience is that the only people who can really cheer you on are people who are cheering themselves on and reaching for their own stars. Brilliant. And so sometimes we try to get that validation for people who haven't reached their own stars. And I know you weren't waiting for it, but it's still yeah. hurtful when yeah. you're showing someone your guitar playing and they're yeah. like, meh. When you're reaching, that's a big thing for you. You were trying something out. So I think yeah. that's a great story. You know, uh, I love that we
2: stumbled upon this because now I'm flooded with <clears throat> client examples of, you know, my clients trying to grow and trying to create their their own reality and trying to change and then going back to people like their parents Mm. and their parents
1: don't support them. That is a huge topic. Parents not supporting when you're making a change Mm -hmm. and what's going on there. So we're going to take a break. Yeah. We'll be right back on straight talk with Sandra and talk about why parents or people don't support you and what that sabotage is about and how to make sure it doesn't stop you. We'll be right back.
4: Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist, Georgia Dow, in this revolutionary Anxiety Videos Therapy Series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever.
3: Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spa, M-U-N-A-R-I.com.
0: Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's
1: Sandra Reish. Well, this is clearly turning into a very big topic and one that I have a feeling will be transmuting into another upcoming topic because when Anna Maria comes, there sure is a lot to say. She is just a fabulous psychologist and, you know, a lot of her work and her specialty is in neuroplasticity and changing your brain and creating new neuronal pathways in the brain. And I think I definitely want to get to that um, during this segment. But first, we're going to talk about, oh God, I can't believe the time is running out, But so let's get to it. Talk about, like... It's sort of a weird statement that you said, even though I understood it, Mm -hmm. but parents would sabotage someone from being their best version of themselves? Yeah, I don't think
2: it's the fault of the parents necessarily. I think it's, again, uh, psychological patterns, uh, things that you've learned, your experience. I don't think that they're necessarily doing it on purpose. Sometimes some parents might be, but I'm actually talking about the times in which my clients are trying to change and trying to expand and trying to try something new, and they go back to their support system. And it's so lovely when they have a great support system and it's working and people are open-minded, but that doesn't always happen. So if you are somebody who's trying to create their own reality, trying to own their stuff, and you take that stuff that you learned, you went to a workshop, you went to your therapist, and you're taking it back to your parents, let's say, and unfortunately those people, in this case parents, are not being supportive, you have to acknowledge that. And I, I, I always tell my clients, if that's happening, please don't get discouraged, but we have to acknowledge the fact that they're not being supportive and they're not your,
1: the audience. Know your audience, right? Absolutely. Now, I would go one step further and tell me if you agree that if once I realized my parents aren't supportive, because I feel this really relates to a lot of my earlier years, like Mm -hmm. going back to school. uh, I did not feel a lot of support. People were telling me, family members, friends, you're too old, you can't go back to school, you'll be the laughing stock." And at one point where I, I think it's important, it was important for me and perhaps for people listening, is that if I keep going back into that, and I'm not saying I broke up with them, but getting into a discussion with them. I think at some point we can't uh, underestimate how much that poison will get under your skin and you will start sabotaging yourself. So I think I call it being in a smoky room. My clients know that's like a terminology I use <laughs> a lot. That's totally a Sandraism. It's one I my not but I think, thank you. But I don't think you can keep going into a smoky room and not get lung cancer. <laughs> So would you agree that at some point, if people aren't supportive to you, if you keep going back to them for advice or to tell them about your victories and they keep raining on your parade, that you now have some responsibility in sabotaging yourself? Oh, my gosh. If you keep going back? Yes.
2: This is another centrism. you know, putting your hand in the blender. Put your hand in the blender.
1: Absolutely. Putting your hand
2: in the blender each and every time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, the funny thing about that story that I'm sharing a little bit, and I I don't know if I've mentioned it on Straight Talk, and I'm not going to go into the whole story, but it really fits with this whole paradigm that we're talking about. Because ironically, my father was the one who gave me the hardest time Mm -hmm. about going back to school. And what was life-changing for me is when I was finished my degree, he said to me, I wish I could have done what you did, which is where I learned more than I learned in my psychology degree from him at that moment, that when someone's trying to disempower you, it's because they envy you. But who would have thought? Yeah. He was mocking me, no, due respect, no disrespect to my father, many, many redeeming qualities, but he was mocking me about school when he secretly envied the fact that I had gone back and he wished he had. So it's. I think that's not different for my father than all humans. I think it's a human nature quality. Sometimes someone goes, like when pe- women leave marriages, or men leave marriages, a lot of time their friends are not supportive. They say, Well, he's a good guy. Why are you leaving him? I think it's the same dance. If you find your courage to leave, maybe I have to look at it if my marriage is problematic. Does this make sense oh to you? Oh my gosh, it's brilliant. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what do we do to protect ourselves? We are not going to go back into the smoky room. Yep. OK, what about the doubt in our mind? What about neuronal pathways? I think this is a very much an Anna Maria area. What about those neuronal pathways? If I start saying, well, maybe it is crazy to go back to school at my age and maybe I won't get a job and maybe everything that they, they say is true. How do I what do I do with my neuronal pathways? So Ms. neuronal girl. So so essentially, I I
2: you know, going back to school and being courageous in, in your case. And, and with anybody today who's listening, who's trying to create a different reality or trying to own their stuff, it's super difficult. And so I really admire the step you took there, Sandra, because here's what you're working against. You're working against years and years of particular chemicals being released in your body. So if you are engaging in any kind of pattern, let's say you have a pattern of insecurity, a pattern of I can't do it, Um, for simplicity's sake, I'm going to say there's a chemistry there. There's a chemistry that you've been indulging. There's certain neurotransmitters that have been released your whole life, certain neuropeptides, certain hormones. And so when you try to kind of move away from uh, a certain reality Mm -hmm. or certain feelings or certain thoughts... You go through withdrawal because your body is used to how you were, how you've always been, and that's the beauty of what you're talking about, Sandra, and neuroplasticity. Where it's like, listen, it might be hard to change your patterns because that's why <clears throat> a lot of people um, don't go back to therapy because they're like, whatever, it didn't work for me. I tried some stuff, and no, you. I, I mean, hate to be so hard on you, but be you hard. have to be relentless, man. Relentless. You have to be relentless I like in your this therapeutic strategy. Be relentless. You have to be relentless in your therapeutic endeavors. Otherwise, you will not create your own reality. You will not own your
1: stuff. Mm-hmm. It's I feel like in a way, when you say that, I feel like it gives so much um, light and clarity to the process I went through during those years. It was many, many years ago what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, and it was not an easy time. It was relentless to keep fighting that fight. So what you're saying is that when People do that. They have to be very, very committed to the process, and probably having a therapist to guide you through it would be helpful. I was in psychology school, so all my friends were therapists. Kind of helped. Right. Um, but having that kind of support system. But we shouldn't expect it to be easy to change those brain uh, patterns, should Should we?
2: Because I think people
1: get discouraged if yes. they just see you at the finish line and they think, well. Like, why can't I do that? It's not that easy. Let's
2: not sugarcoat. Let's not sugarcoat it. So
1: many people would want, how many times? And we said, oh, I just
2: wish I could take a pill and for this to happen. It's not, that's not, that's not the reality of creating your own reality. (laughs)
1: Okay. You You have to work work at it. You have to work hard. And, you know, we're getting to the point that I want to make sure we get these short snappers and what about victim mentality? Where does that play into this? Where does victim mentality come in, in terms of owning your life? Can you own your life if you're in victim mentality? And what is victim mentality? After all, Anna yeah. Maria Tosco, to no, take this mean, in.
2: You know, let's use some of the language, some of the quotes. Um, it's not fair. This always happens to me. All the good ones are taken. I'll <laughs> never have a job that I'm happy with. Uh, nobody loves me. I don't have any I don't friends. have a family that supports me. Yep. All of these. Now, listen. I want people to pay close attention to that kind of language because even sometimes I, I lovingly call my clients out on that language, and some people have a really difficult time admitting that. Oh, that's that's victim language. That's victim mentality. That's vic-, you know, okay, victim. Okay. Let me play the
1: client's role right here for you. Put you to work. Okay, but it's true. My family doesn't support me, and I all the good ones are taken, and I can't find a job. So that's victim language. Fair enough, honey, but it's it's the truth. You know what? I mean, I think this is a Sandra thing. You have to like, know that you're the victim
2: before you can be released from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right.
1: Okay. So I acknowledge I'm a victim. What do I do next? So. i are <laughs> making did, her work. No, I, I know, but the thing, I, have,
2: I have some of Sandra's uh, training in my brain a oh, little so bit smart. there. I think this is all yours the, at this point. <laughs> the truth is, um, in order to get somebody out of victim consciousness. First of all, I'm a big fan of, if they're stuck there, I'm not pulling you out kicking and screaming. If you okay. if you want to stay there, then- But own it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Speaking of own it, own it. Yeah. I am a victim, I choose to be a right. victim, and I like being a victim and eating my brownies late at night. Right. I'm feeling sorry for myself. Yeah, and listen, and, and we would
2: talk about that. Would, I get that. And we would talk about why that's beneficial for you. We would talk, we would stay there. I would stay there with you, because I'm not gonna drag you out kicking and screaming. That's way that's too much work for me. That's why you're
1: a good, good psychologist. No
2: way. But one of the things, when they're ready, is the concept of choice, right? Mm. So the
1: antidote to victimization is, what was that word again? Choice. Awesome. The antidote to victimization is choice. I want everybody to, like, repeat it out loud wherever you are right now because unless you're a child, there's always choice. So that means no matter how bad your circumstances are, and sometimes the choices are not great choices. Choice A is not great and choice B is not great, but that is still choice and choice is empowerment. Even if it's not great choices, because people argue with that. They go, yeah, well, my choice is give up my child for adoption or go on welfare. I admit those are not good choices, but the mere fact that you have a choice takes so you out of a victimization and into empowerment.
2: Ooh, this is a good I love that. topic. You know, I came to a conclusion once about, about choice. You know what else is a choice? I realize it's a super hard thing to get, um <clears throat> to get clients working on is self-esteem and body image.
4: You know, oh. at a certain point,
2: because that follows you. I mean, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I know I have, and I've you know, this the struggle with body image and, and self-esteem and looking in the mirror and, and trying to like what you see, I've realized that, you know, victim mentality is relevant there and that you have to choose Choose it or lose it, man. You have to choose self-esteem. You have to choose, you know, a positive body image. I've never thought of it like that. That's really good out of Because at a certain point, man, I'm like, this self-esteem thing is so hard to work on. I know. I know. And it's really a choice. You have to decide to look in the mirror and find things that you like. That is
1: really good because I'm really having an epiphany with that because it means that every time you look in the mirror and put yourself down, you are choosing to feel bad about yourself. (gasps) How? How else? I mean, I work with why self-esteem. Why would we do that for to ourselves? I wonder. What are we amazing. doing? That's a whole show. That's We're for sure. Human body Loathing, image. Yeah. Oh, I think you've hit something very big there. But that is also a choice. Yeah, so, I think
2: it's huge. I think it's one of the
1: oh one of the solutions
2: or one of the ways through self esteem. Because I'm sorry, self esteem. When somebody, how common is that? Somebody in your office coming with self esteem issues. Oh my issues. God! Well, you yes. know, after years of working with clients, I'm like, you know what?
1: <laughs> Neuroplasticity. Choose it or lose it. Be relentless. Be relentless in changing your patterns, repeating a different message to yourself. So even if, and this is fake it till you make it. So even if tomorrow you listen to the show and tomorrow you're like, okay, I'm supposed to like what I see in the mirror. It actually means that you would be, like you would call emotional rehearsal, right? That's yeah. the terminology. Yeah. You'd be saying to yourself, hey, you're looking good. Even if you don't actually feel that way, it still will ultimately work. Yeah. A lot of people think that won't work. Yeah. It will work.
2: I love that you said that because yeah. when I was a student, and I know like an emo teenager too, I'm like if somebody would have told me to fake it until you make it, I would have told them to go you know where. I would have been like, please give me a break but I'm realizing now with this idea of neuroplasticity and this idea of really trying to better myself, you have to be relentless in your therapeutic practice. So yeah, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be like, this is BS. I don't want to do this crap that Sandra and Anna Maria were talking about yesterday. It doesn't feel good. It's not me. It's totally (laughs) fake. This is dumb. Right. But I I want you, I'm urging you, I'm pleading with you if you're listening and this resonates with you, please though, please be relentless. Like do it every day for the next 30 days And, you know, fake it till you make it because your neurotransmission will change. You know, there are certain neuronal connections that will change and then it'll become easier and you won't be faking it. Oh in the God. long run right that is so
1: awesome that yeah. i think that re- maybe what we're going to do is we're going to schedule you back in about a month from now we'll have people work on that for a month cool. and see where people arrived at and we'll do it like a follow-up to the show if that's okay with you great now I-, I can't believe it we're down to the wire here so first of all i want to thank you and i want to say i think to me the last message you said is be relentless is very important um you're on mat leave right now so i can't say that people could call you and see you right now but i believe you're coming back to us in january if someone wants to be a client to yours what
2: do they do please call the montreal center for anxiety and depression at 514-777-4530 our coordinator will take good care of you and uh, she'll tell you more about me and how to reach me and of course you can always write us at the sassy psychologist www.sassypsychologist.com vlogs are coming soon oh, different treats are coming soon so awesome
1: you. Awesome. Yeah. So people can follow you as sassy psychologists, and I hope they will, because you have a lot of great, great articles. They're awesome. So thank, thank you. you so much for coming on. Straight Thanks for Talk. having me, Sandra. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on Straight Talk and invite everybody to come back next week. And a special thank to our thank you to our sponsors, Fominary, for helping to make this show possible. Uh, if you're interested in our retreats, therapy, or any media that was mentioned on this show, check out helpforanxietydepression.com. And if you want to hear any of our previous shows, you go to straighttalksandareesh.com. And while you're there, if you put a forward slash radio gifts, so you can get a whole bunch of free gifts. You can also follow us on Facebook, straight talk Sandra uh, as well. Feel free to leave a question for Anna Maria, myself, and remember to like our page while you're there. Um, one more thing you can listen to this show or any prior show as a podcast. On the website, Straight Talk Sandra Reach or on your iPhone or iTunes. Did you know that It's pretty cool on iPhone or iTunes? And don't forget to leave. You can leave a comment or a question of info at helpforanxietydepression.com. My name is Sandra Reech, and I promise I will help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reech. Keep your eyes on the stars.
0: Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.